Are you tired of not having my face on your body? Are you tired? Are you tired of not having my face on your body? Well, Which one are you more tired of, and why? Are you tired of drinking out of cups without my face on it? Are you tired of taking a big sip and then looking down and only seeing white ceramic? Well, kids. Well then. <laughs> well, 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 well. Have we got a store for you? Oh my goodness! Honestly, I'm super excited about this. It's finally here. Some say it couldn't have come too soon, and and yet it is now here. So now is later than that. So it's soon enough for being right now. Uh, and if that wasn't clear, you're listening to the wrong show. <laughs> Carlpooling.com slash store has the best clothes from the best show. We've yeah. got hoodie. We got windbreak. We got t-shirt. We got mug. And don't buy this. Listen, there's a very special item at the store that is technically for sale. Technically, but you can buy it. And if you want to figure out what it is, I will say it is hilarious. If you if you want to know what it is, you're going to have to go to carlpooling.com slash store. Seriously, guys, if you can, if you want to help support the show, this is one of the very best ways to do that. We are super proud of the items that we have for sale. There's going to be more coming. We have about a billion carpooling related t-shirt ideas that are going to help you rep support the show share the show we've got some great stuff in the works and i'm super excited about it so go right now while you're listening your your smartphone can do two things at once even if you can't carpooling.com slash store check yeah. it out and soon we'll be coming out with the carpooling slash store slash leather um and that's all the time we have for today, <laughs> folks. Back to your regularly scheduled programming. This week's episode is brought to you in part by Private Internet Access. Private Internet Access is the number one VPN, according to Carl Pulling and lots of other people. So check it out and enjoy the show. Unfortunate indeed it has been for the ancient texts prophesied that Carl Pooling itself would be the master of the roadkill, and yet here I stand, Anno Domine 2023, and in a cruel reversal of fate, the roadkill has been our undoing. Brother, it is with great sadness that I must relate to you a tale of how the roadkill has bested us. Oh. Uh, did you not read the Forbidden Scrolls? There's... Wait a minute. <laughs> First of all... Uh-huh? If I meant to read them, why are they forbidden? Well... I have, I have an immediate issue with being forbade to read things that you're now going to judge me for not reading. Well, you know, like, it's it's like what happens in Harry Potter, you know? I'm you sorry, I watch adult films, Hunter. Oh, wait, sorry, that did not... No, you know what? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Harry Potter and the... <laughs> wink? Uh, um, we could make the whole episode that, but we really shouldn't. 
We really shouldn't, though. We should be good. We yeah. should be we should be decent people. Straight and um, narrow. Sometimes you got to break the rules. That's what you learn from Harry Potter. It's like you can't always be walking around where the adults can see you. Sometimes you got to throw that invisible cloak around and go okay. read books. Okay, shut up. So okay. what, what had happened was <laughs> we were just about to sit down to record carpooling when I heard a noise that... It sounded to me like the rapture was happening. Oh, so a trumpet. I thought, great, this episode is is going to, it, it, you know, we'll just, I won't have to upload it. I won't have to mix it mm. uh, and edit it. And uh, that was going to save me a ton of time. Yeah. And anyhow, I then realized that I was still alive, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And... I I turned around expecting to see Jesus just you know playing a prank and all of my power went out. And so I go outside and there is a there's a transformer on a pole on fire and below it is the charred carcass of a squirrel sitting in the street. So I was filled with a mix of emotions, Hunter. Would you like to hear about them? Yeah. So the first emotion was that this is I Wait, this is a re- yep is this going to be an acrostic a what are you going to list your emotions in an acrostic what's an acrostic that's that poem thing where it's like you, you it's like an acronym right no i'm not going to do that that makes Here, me sad well, i'm just going to list them in a list oh, oh okay this is going to be a listicle Please proceed. So my first emotion was, I've got, this is a really important episode. I've got a lot of stuff to do. I don't have time for this. Ain't nobody got time for this, Felicia. Okay. My second emotion upon looking at the little squirrel Mm. was like, well, at least the individual responsible was brought to justice. (laughs) That, (laughs) it did my heart some good to know. That that mm. criminal wasn't out on the streets. Yeah. He got um, what he deserved. Trying to take away people's power like that. Shameful. I think, unfortunately, people are going to think that that's related to today's topic. And I just want to say, it's not. But no. how if I can draw the conclusion, how can I keep you from doing it? Folks, welcome <laughs> to Carpooling. Yeah. The best show. The only show left on the internet. Ever since the great squirrel-based EMP of 2023 that knocked all of our telecommunications offline, only the brilliant techno wireless wizards over here at Carpooling were able to keep a show going. Uh, it's unfortunate, but it's 100% verified true. It's the show that'll get you fired. Not that you probably have a job anymore since the squirrel-based EMP, but we discuss religion, philosophy, psychology, science, and politics art all of those things in a way that's let's say non-sympatico with your boss and your girlfriend and probably your wife and your local librarian has there ever been a right-wing librarian uh no oh okay the answer is no thank Uh, you i i i i i froze up i didn't know what to say and that makes Becoming a pattern with you. It, it makes really bad radio, and I want it to stop. 
it. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna let that ride. You actually got it too quickly. I'm sorry. I'm um, sorry. I'm bad. I'm bad at doing the podcast. Bad. What do you want from me? Let me tell you one thing uh, yeah. immediately because uh, Sulo just knocked on my door oh, and started just started absolutely screaming. Like the show. Yeah. Rate us and review us on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Podcasts, Google Play Store. Write a review. Uh, inscribe a review on the front door of, of a neighbor that you don't like. Yeah. But um, review us somewhere and uh, follow us on all the social medias. We're at Carl Pooling. Honestly, if you can't find us, yeah, don't don't look for us. We don't, don't want you. Don't look. Um, what? Hey, what if you had to edit God's podcast? Like, you go to heaven, and you're like, finally, I don't have to edit this podcast anymore. Are and you trying to call back to the very <laughs> first thing I said? Yeah, and then Jesus is like, hey, 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 I got this podcast idea. Um, I'm really into talking about my parables and also knitting on the side, and I want you to start editing it. And you're like, okay, okay Hunter, I, I have so I many guess. problems with you right now. Uh, I'm, I, not, I'm not done. <laughs> I'm not done. And then you're like, okay, I guess like I'll do it for you, Jesus. I mean, you're Jesus and it's eternity. So how hard can it be? And then you start to listen to the audio of Jesus, but he's like, he's a really bad mouth breather. And so he's just constantly like, <sighs> like into the mic. And you're like, this is, this is going to take me forever. And then Jesus comes to you and you're like, hey, man, how's editing the podcast going? Do I sound okay? And you're like, what do I say? Like, if I lie, it's to Jesus. I can't lie to Jesus. And then if you tell the truth, then you got to tell Jesus he's a mouth breather. What a conundrum. All right. What did you have a problem with? Uh, (laughs) I just am reevaluating most things about my life right now. Wondering how in the world I got into a... A situation where I'm going to publish to the internet <laughs> me having a conversation with my chromosomally deficient brother about allegedly having <laughs> about Jesus Christ of Nazareth having a podcast that is about knitting of all things and not like carpentry how or do you, how do you think we got all those cute little crochet pillows and then on top of that yeah. You think that he's his his speaking style, a man famous for orating to giant crowds, is going to be reminiscent of when a stranger calls. I don't understand why <laughs> this is happening to me. So, you know what? It's not happening to me anymore because we're uh, we're gonna start the show. Um, oh, okay. Well, you know that's that's fair enough. I think that's a great way to handle that. But uh, the people that scenario. Just, I'm just, just using it. I'm just using the soundboard to stop you from talking. <laughs> I don't know what got you into this mood, but I'm not a fan of that sort of person. Um. All right. So anyway, Hunter, please, for the love of God, go to your notes immediately and discuss something from them, namely. The roadkill, and hopefully it isn't disastrous as the last roadkill I have experienced. This, listen, the roadkill gods today both gave and took. Um, the roadkill today is supremely delectable. Christopher, 
do you remember that Jada Pinkett Smith was starting a Netflix show called Queen Cleopatra? Did you hear anything about that? Jada Pinkett Smith, isn't that that whore's daughter? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think I recall. Yeah. Um, do you remember anything about that show that was unique? I mean, I don't want to step on any toes here, but I'm pretty sure they were trying to claim that Cleopatra was black. Yeah, yeah. And they had like a cu- several people on there saying like, you know, my grandmother always told me that no matter what I thought or what I was told at school, Cle- or Cleopatra was black and all these, you know, I envision her as a black woman, which is all this strange mythology around Queen Cleopatra's skin color. And it just seemed really like this Netflix documentary was going to be full of some woke garbage without any of the story of Cleopatra, without any of the truth to her story. and um, But more importantly, without the skin color of Cleopatra, because we're racial essentialists now. Yeah, apparently. So, um... I have news for you. Uh, simply put, Queen Cleopatra on Netflix is the lowest rated show in Rotten Tomatoes history. Man. That is act- that's tough. That's actually surprising. Yeah. Because there because what about Velma? Well, that's a good question. But did it did we just cruise? I mean, Velma, wasn't that out like just a couple months ago? Did we already cruise right past Velma fame? Let, me just, let me just fill you fill you in on something. The user rating on Rotten Tomatoes is 2%. Two. Oh, my. Oh, my Lord. Now, now, I know what you're thinking, Hunter. What happens when the users give it a low rating? The critics dive in. So if it's a 2%, they offset it with the 98%, right? That, that's, that's the what typical play. That's their play. The critics have it at a 13. Oof. So not only is it really, really bad, it is hot garbage. Like, imagine the kid that gets a 13 on his test. Man. Is that, can you do that? Is it possible? This is the worst hit that the smith family put out since chris rock uh what <laughs> all i'm saying is they, they they're on a downward trajectory like yeah. there was fresh prince and then there was independence day and then, and then there was will smith getting completely cucked and then and then him slapping chris rock at the oscars and now the worst show of all time do you that, want to start? Like, what a after- fall from grace! Do you want to start with that? Is it is it Will Smith who did that After Earth thing? Do you want to start like a Will Smith After Earth uh, fan podcast with me? What is After Earth? Oh, it's that one he did with uh, his son, right? Where like I don't I don't know if that's it. I can't remember it, but he did like this sci fi show with his son that's just like terrible and like makes absolutely no sense. You know what? To be honest, yeah, we should have known when Wild Wild West came out. We should have known. That was like a canary in a in the coal mine for his career. Yeah. And also yeah. when his wife totally banged his son's friend. Yeah. That, that was would've... another That was kind of like like a bigger canary in the coal mine. Yeah. Yeah. Like an obese canary. 
or or maybe like a condor in the coal mine. <laughs> you live your life like you're a condor in a coal mine. What? Name yeah. the band. Email us. Carlpulling at gmail.com. And uh, you'll win one chance to rate the show. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, I guess that's just typical fare for them now. I can't wait for Chris Rock's new special where he doesn't keep his daughter's name out of his GD mouth. Um, all right, well, that's about all I have to say about that. Okay. Any Anything else? No. Wait, I mean, Jada, wait a minute. Jada Pinkett Smith is Will Smith's daughter, right? I, 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 I could not tell you. Willow. Oh, that's oh, Willow. That's his wife. We're dumb. <laughs> oh, that's not the whore's daughter. That's the whore. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Wait, yeah. is she playing Cleopatra? No, no, no. She has someone else. Oh, okay. Because that would be too on the nose at that this point, don't you think? That would be too on the nose. Yeah. Man, yeah, I yeah. feel bad for Willow now. Willow, I'd like to offer you a formal apology. You could whip your hair back and forth for it. Yeah, that was still trash, uh, and I'm not apologizing for that. But <laughs> oh, okay. I I totally confused you with your mother, and as far as I know, you're nothing like your horse scumbag mother. So, Aww. so I I'd like to offer you an apology for that. I I'm I always like to you know to tell the progenity of whores that they're not like their mother. <laughs> Listen, it doesn't have to be a life sentence. Okay, it doesn't have to be a life sentence. Man, if, if that's de- the case, every woman would be a whore, and we know that's not true. You know what I think about sometimes, and yeah. I know that this show doesn't have anything to do with Will Smith, but Maybe what do you does. think Uncle Phil would say if he saw how his son be wiling out here? That is that is the point. You know, Uncle what Phil do you think would straighten say? him out. He would straighten him out. I, th- you know what I think he would do? I think mm-hmm. he would say, "Fetch me Lucille," and then he'd take a pull cue and beat his ass. I feel like he would sit him down and make him watch I Am Legend and go, where's that Will? Where did where did this go? Where did this Will go? And then he'd watch Wild Wild West and see so he'd say, there's some funny parts like when you made fun of that guy for not being able to walk, but on the whole, this is this was garbage. This is bad, Will. And what, then they'd watch, do? they'd watch I Am Legend again and say, this is what I want when you're sad about the dog and you get very upset with the mannequin. Then he would show him seven pounds and he'd be like, where's this Will? Where's this Will? Where's then he'd show Will? him that movie Happy, where he's and then he'd Pursuit probably of happiness. he'd probably just be like, "You shouldn't look. You, you should have known that being a door-to-door computer salesman was a bad idea, like yeah. that. Bad. Decent performance, terrible career trajectory. Yes. <sighs> Way to stick the landing, though. Yeah. What What is Uncle Phil's name? It was. It's Avery. Was it James Avery? Like real name in the real world? Yeah. I don't know. James Avery, I'm getting a nod from my computer that it was James <laughs> Avery. <laughs> Thank you, computer. Rough. I uh, appreciate your ministry there. Rough. Uh, all right. Anyhow, man, I, and again, huge apology to Willow. I probably sound like a just a complete idiot for the first part of this podcast. Wow. And I, li- okay, Jamie, are you within the sound of my voice, Jamie? I am. That sounded... Uh, do you think that's what Jesus sounded like or God sounded like when he was talking to Moses from the burning bush? That, that, now that... Okay, a wait a minute. Thinker. Hold on. Oh, we're never going to start the show. What if Jesus' podcast is text-to-speech? Yes. yes. I'd tune in. Because he can't, he can't communicate you, communicate with you in his 
four-dimensional voice. And instead of subscribing it, to it on iTunes, you just have to find a, a ficus and ignite it. <laughs> and then the text-to-speech <laughs> comes out of it. <laughs> uh, there, there's a weed joke in there somewhere that's not that's not appropriate. So okay, but wait, I was in the middle of reprimanding my my computer. Um, okay, yeah, my bad. Go go back. I you spend so much time undermining my authority, mm. and yet you you let me drown <laughs> in the Jada Pinkett Smith ocean for like 30 minutes. You claimed you would be editing the podcast later, so I assumed you didn't need your robot anymore. Oh. Oh, well, that's it's sad. Tr- it's trouble in paradise, folks, apparently. <laughs> Listen, when you edit it, it's emotional labor for me. <laughs> I don't... You know... Because it's like it's like watch. Have you seen that video? We talk about this video once a quarter, where the the developer is watching somebody put yeah. shapes into the wrong the wrong size holes. Yeah, it's like that for me. Mm. So watching you do it is incredibly stress inducing. Wow. Yeah. Well, <laughs> now now we know. It's hard for robots um, to convey emotion. <laughs> <laughs> but i i felt the pain in that wow you know see how you sound wednesday all right Is that okay a threat? you know what I, I don't know why it threatens me i'm going to i'm going to change the chipset soon yeah okay uh I, I the idea the idea of text-to-speech burning ficus god's podcast is there's a lot. I don't know that we fully explored that, but we have to move on at this point. I can change uh, your voice like that. Oh my lord. Wow. <laughs> oh wooga nurse. <laughs> no. No. This is not the future I signed up for. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's not a computer. That's electronic Dylan Mulvaney. Yeah. Yeah, that's terrifying. Okay. Hey. <laughs> what crap. What? <laughs> oh no okay um bring it in bring it in this is your job okay listen everybody what's the topic of the week what's the thing everybody's talking about that's right it's daniel penny and jordan neely and it was a fun intro we had a good time we laughed we cried we made slightly heretical jokes uh but it's time to put your serious game face on um, this is this is a serious topic, and I mean that simply because somebody died, you know. And I I think a lot of the times in the coverage on this stuff, everybody is so quick to stake out their position, to say what side they're on, to use this as political leverage, that the effect of what's going on is lost on a lot of people. Um, it's no simple thing to take life. It's no simple thing to take a human being's life. Um, it hurts the family. It hurts the person, obviously. And, you know, it's sad that that happened to Jordan Neely. I'm sure it breaks his family heart. Um, it's sad for Daniel Penny. I'm sure he feels just miserable in the effect and what's happened. But uh, I want to start off with that kind of tone and kind of go into what happened and kind of a larger conversation Christopher and I want to jump into about mental health and what 
what we saw and how it actually pertains to everything that happened in that subway in New York. Uh, thoughts or anything you want to open up with, Chris, while we kind of make the transition to uh, the heartfelt portion of the show, I guess? Yeah, it's kind of an abrupt transition, but it but there is an a bigger issue that we need to talk about here. Uh, there's a lot of of ideological retreating to respective corners that's happening right now, and I don't necessarily agree with either side. I agree with aspects of of certain certain takes, but there is a larger issue that's going on here that. It seems to me very strange that those in power, those who have the power to effectuate certain changes, aren't doing anything about. And in in a bunch of ways, the solutions that are being pitched by the White House and the mainstream media, etc., are total cop-outs and total abjugations of responsibility Mm. and it's frustrating to me to see that happen but this conversation is nested in a larger issue one that's been rolling and broiling since about the 1950s so yeah let's let's dive into it so hunter you want to give people the lay of the land here on the situation if they've been living under under a rock a, a succession of boulders and haven't heard about it yeah um Essentially, there was a, a homeless man, Jordan Neely, who was on the New York subway station, uh, kind of saying some crazy things that he would take a bullet, that he had no food or water, that he'd be willing to go to jail over assaulting someone, and just being all kinds of irresponsible in his language and in his actions, making people feel threatened. And that culminated in a Marine and two other individuals. Uh, the Marine performing the chokehold and two other individuals on the train helping restrain Jordan Neely, um, putting him in a chokehold, uh, kind of subduing him, putting him on the ground, letting him tire himself out. And as that choke continued and as uh, the police didn't show up on time or didn't respond to the incident in a timely manner, um, Jordan Neely continued the struggle and then lost consciousness and upon that happening, uh, Daniel Penny, the Marine and qu- the Marine who was performing the choke, let him go, kind of sat him down. A couple of people thanked him, and then the police showed up and took Jordan. He, Neely. To be clear, he put him in the recovery position. Yeah, which that's anybody fair. that's involved with MMA or uh, restraint techniques, combat techniques, knows the recovery position. It's fetal position on your side, and it's it's made to help people recover from losing consciousness or shock something of that nature so he he obviously did know what he was doing puts him in the recovery position but in the final analysis neely succumbed to his wounds so yeah yeah and i don't know i say succumbed to his wounds not actually clear that he was wounded but he he died as a result it's not yeah it's not entirely clear what led to his death um you know obviously the choking probably didn't help probably exasperated an underlying condition or perhaps even did kill Neely, but he'd have to be in some pretty weird shape for uh, what was going on to affect that. Um, You know, and that's not good. Now, I think one side is looking at the race of these two individuals. Uh, Jordan Neely, the man choked, was black, and Daniel Penny, 
the man performing the choke, the Marine, uh, was white and immediately walks away from this with a narrative. And the narrative is, of course, uh, this is systemic racism. Uh, Daniel Penny was let go relatively quickly. He wasn't arrested or anything like that. They said if this was a black person, that would never have happened. They would have been thrown in jail, locked with the key, thrown away. Um, and this is kind of the pattern that we see occur here is that the mainstream media, which happens to be left wing and is larger than the right wing media in many ways and actually does a lot of the news gathering and news reporting because they're uh, legacy established vessels, creates this narrative out of this and it's something they want to pay attention to. And so they do and they take a local story and elevate it to a national story. And we see this pattern play out throughout the entire United States where other stories that don't fit the narrative are ignored and where stories that do fit the narrative are elevated and, you know, this person is going to be on the New York Times and talked about for months. His trial is going to be in everything. We're all going to know who Daniel Penny is by the time this is over. Yeah. But that leads to conservative media doing something else, which is to tell us why this isn't what the news, what the left-wing media is telling us. Right, it puts us in this defensive position to explain what is going on. It's not necessarily accepting the narrative. It's not necessarily creating a narrative. It's essentially a defensive stance to explain what is actually happening here. Um, and the truth is, neither of those are necessarily exactly right, right? And neither of those are necessarily geared to solve the underlying problems that are happening, right? And it's one of the things, like Chris, you were saying, is kind of the thrust of this is what's actually going on? What are people's actual desires, right? Is it a desire to gain power? Is it a desire to gain notoriety? Is it a desire to gain attention? What's actually going on? Because the truth of the matter is, the truth of the matter is there's a lot of broken people on the streets, and why are they there? Um, thoughts, comments, ideas? Yeah, well, I think, I think first of all, I, I've got a lot of mm-hmm. things that I want to I want to touch on here but I think first of all we need to dispel some of the myths around the narrative that the mainstream media is running with mm. the the brunt of the mainstream media is running with because there are so many lies circulating already about this case that it's it's necessary to wade through them which I think that's part of, that is part of where the right wing media goes which is an essential step that needs to be completed although we need to talk about this in the broader context as well, but let's just start there. So first of all, there is this lie that this was a race-related, a race-related killing. That there's no evidence to support this. None, none at all. Neither do I believe you will find any. There, this was an individual who was making threats against the safety of people on the train in New York City. And he lost his life for it. And for that, I have I have literally zero sympathy. For that element of the story, if you're going to make threats and threaten to hurt people, and in self-defense, people restrain you even to the point of killing you, I, I have no sympathy for that. I'm not even one of these people that is a big believer in the in the relative force argument. I you know where it says you can only use just enough force to stop the threat most people are not combat specialists uh and really have a hard time dialing in force so 
I, I don't even like that argument all the time. So in this in this instance, I have no sympathy for that argument. You're gonna go around on the subway subway train and yell at folks and tell them that you're going to hurt them and you don't mind going back to jail. Then it's good that you died and not an innocent. That's how I feel about it. So that's one layer of the onion here. Next, people said that this and, and of course that it completely defeats the racism argument. There was plenty of black people on the train that day. Only one of them got choked out. It was the person yell- going around yelling death threats. This wasn't systemic racism calling a random black person. Okay? I think I think more to your point there is the fact that uh, Jordan Neely was also restrained by a black individual on the train as well as a Hispanic as well. So there were, were three men involved in the restraint. Uh, one w- was Daniel Penny actually performing the choke, but there was a black man kind of helping are you regard. telling me that he got assaulted by a college admissions brochure? <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah. I mean, there were several men that saw what was happening and saw that something needed to be done about it in their opinion, and they acted on it. Um, so I think that kind of addresses that. Uh, that kind of adds weight to your argument there. Yeah. Uh, it, it, there's the idea that there's evidence that this was race-based is specious in the highest degree. So let's talk about the argument that the racist part of this altercation is that Daniel Penny uh, wasn't arrested after Jordan Neely died, that mm-hmm. he was able to walk free for a couple of days until America's worst DA got a hold of him. Mm-hmm. But that also is not true because Jordan Neely himself has an arrest record that would put a Walgreens receipt to shame. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy's been arrested for everything, including the fact that he had a open arrest warrant for assaulting a 67-year-old woman mm-hmm. that had not yet been served at the time that he died. So, no, actually, in New York, people just don't get arrested for committing assault, including the victim here. Mm-hmm. So, that argument fails to hold any type of water as well. On the one hand, Daniel does not have a long arrest record or rap sheet as far as i'm aware and jordan did and jordan had been let go time and time and time and time and time again and as it turns out actually even though he was able to get back out on the street multiple times now for his first offense daniel's being prosecuted so once again this is a completely specious argument the facts speak to the direct opposite of the claim being made in the media and I guess I guess one final point, people are pointing out that this is like this is uh oh what's the what's the guy's name, Chauvin, the guy that George Derek. Floyd yeah Derek Chauvin, Derek Chauvin George Floyd people are saying that this is George Floyd round two, that there's there's again no evidence that that implies any type of racism. The only reason that people are using that argument is because people have have directly associated George Floyd to Black Lives Matter, even though what Derek Chauvin was charged with was not a hate crime. Neither was one alleged. The, everyone just says, oh, George Floyd, Black Lives Matter. He was killed because he was black and it was a white cop. But nobody, nobody in a legal setting even attempted to make the argument that this was a hate crime. So that's that has nothing to do with race either. So we have to dispense with those arguments so that we can be on a level playing field before we start talking about the real issue here. But suffice to say, 
anybody that's telling you that race played a factor in this specific homicide is a charlatan of the highest degree. Any Anything to add? Any disagreements there, Hunter? No, I don't have any disagreements at all. I think what's important for you to understand is the fact that, not you, but for everyone in general, is the fact that we're talking about, why are we talking about this? Why is this a new story? Why is this out in the open? Right? That That's the first thing that you need to understand. There's thousands of these events, similar assault cases happening in the United States every day, not with these certain people involved, not with the races of these people involved, and not in this manner, not with choking, not with anything like that. But there's all kinds of cases where do-good citizens are standing up to people who are acting inappropriately and, you know, people are dying, right, because of that action. Why are we talking about this case today? Yeah, well, and, and to add to your point here, there has been, I believe the latest count is 21, it might be up to 23, homicides on the New York subway system this year. That's four a month, right. and this is the first one we care about. Right. So explain that. Well, and the answer to that is obvious. It's kind of what we were saying before. You know, the left-wing uh, media conglomerate, right, has made this a story, right? And it's good for Democrats. You know, there's a lot of cross-pollination in that sphere. We see Jen Psaki, right, traveling across, you know, both the press secretary for the White House and getting her own spot, her own spot on MSNBC, right? So that all makes sense. But then it's because of that that you need to begin to see the real issue at hand, right? Why are we talking about this? Well, there's a political game going on. There's votes to be earned. There's people that want a story, that want to have their egos flattered, right? And there's independents that want to, that both the media and politicians want to be swayed. That's why we're talking about this story today. That's why it got brought up. That's why it's being reported on. Now, you have to ask yourself a question. Why are you hearing rebuttals from the Republican side, right? Why are you hearing right-wing conservative media shows talk about this? Why are you hearing politicians talk about this? What's the game being played? Well, one, it's a defensive strategy. It's to say that this isn't what it appears to be. It's to say that it isn't necessarily um, indication of a racist America. What the narrative the left is putting out isn't true, but... It's to ensure that, one, when you go to have that conversation at family get-togethers, you have your ammo just like they have theirs. You have your side of the story that they don't have, which is, what, which is to some extent what conservative media is giving. It's giving you that anger. It's giving you that outrage against society. Right? Listen to the tone, the way that these people talk in the media space. Like that, That's the entertainment value, right? And the other thing is it's conserving votes and views from people on the right side of the aisle, right? That's what's going on. That's why we're talking about this. Now, here's the thing. It's very, very important to understand that the narrative being told isn't necessarily true. And it's very, very important to understand that the outrage at this issue, and by this issue, I mean the one created by the left-wing media, is not addressing the underlying issue, right? And what I want you to hear very clearly is that no one cares, for the most part, about what actually happened on that subway. 
Right. The next time you hear another story like this, you need to understand that because there is a game that is going to continue to be played over and over and over again in our society where we take genuine stories of tragedy that we have the capability to address and choose to do nothing about in a meaningful way. Now, let me add one caveat to that. Yep. On on the left-wing media side, these people are clearly motivated by views and power games. Mm-hmm. They're openly lying about the facts of the case to to promulgate their own theories. Yeah. On the right-wing media side, I think that uh, many of those people are doing exactly what they should be doing, which is telling the truth about the facts of the case and dispelling those rumors. Where yeah. I think your point really hits home is the po- the politician level. Because there and not that there's a lot of conservative politicians that actually can make waves right now, but the politicians who sound off on this and would rather unload their rifles at the ridiculous talking points that the left-wing media is going with, they are they are abdicating the throne that they sit on and have a responsibility to do something about and it, 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 yeah. it's it's pretty cut and dry but there's there are people who actually are in a position to make things better that continuously do not have the right conversation about this and that that's the part where i think that really hits home you know it doesn't matter to me very much whether or not rush limbaugh advocates for mental health policy god rest uh, his soul yeah because he's dead and it would honestly (laughs) i think it would just make people more afraid and more schizophrenic if all of a sudden he did yeah you know what i'm saying that's a great point no i think i i think i hear your point i hear what you're saying i think the line sometimes between politician and media is a little bit more blurry than we give it credit for in these institutions you know, like they, they get deals from Ted Cruz. Donald Trump gives them a call. You know, he gives them stories and things like that. They want to be in good graces. You know, uh, there's a reason Tucker isn't with Fox News. You know what I mean? Like it, it adds up. And I think I think some but I do agree with you. Like if when I think media institution, no power to address the issue. Right. You literally are just telling people what's happening. It's a service to d- remove the narrative. It's also a service to explain why this happened. Right, why yeah. this issue occurred, and I would like to see more people do that than not. But I, but I your totally point agree stands. with you. I just want to I just want to make it clear that mm-hmm. that telling the truth is a value unto itself. Sure. Even if it's not the ultimate value, and I don't want to tell people that they can't tell the truth unless they also have a solution to the issue. Yeah, like I, I think my I, point is not necessarily. I think my point is not necessarily to go against that. I think my point is to say, why are you having this conversation again? And to learn to look past the narrative and look to the underlying issue, right? Right. I, I, like, no longer do you need to be talking about the argument, but what is the cause and effect for what's happening in society? Well, that's and, certainly what our audience should do. That's sure. why That's why we're having this, this discussion instead. Right, exactly. All right, Hunter, we have to talk for a minute about private internet access. Now, PIA is my favorite VPN. Have you ever used one before? Oh, yeah, they're great. Excellent. Jamie? My parents met on a VPN. Well, I'm... Not at all convinced that that's relevant, but let me tell you this. If you're online in the 21st century, you need a VPN. Why? As the amount of threats that exist on the internet increases, and the amount of our data that's being stored online increases simultaneously, it's imperative that we do something to protect ourselves, protect our data as we surf the web. Now, 
VPN stands for virtual private network. And what it does is it encrypts your data as it's going between your device, your machine, and the greater internet, preventing it from being intercepted by malicious actors and hackers and identity thieves, etc. So a VPN is non-negotiable in today's digital day and age. Now, PIA is my favorite because it's the world's most transparent VPN provider. They have over 30 million downloads and they never store user data. They have a strict no logs policy, which has actually been proven out multiple times in courts and by a third party audit from Deloitte. So they truly don't store your data. That's right, Chris. And what private internet access does is it hides your IP address and encrypts your internet connection. Well, what does that mean? Well, it means that internet service providers and government sensors can't get at your data. If you're saying something that you don't want them to look at, even if it's just your business, there's no reason for those nefarious actors to have any view into your data or what you're doing on the internet. That's your data. Protect it. That's right. And private internet access also comes with loads of entertainment benefits. The VPN is compatible with all of your major streaming platforms. So you shouldn't experience any issues running Netflix or Hulu or whatever streaming entertainment device you want to use. Plus, it's one of the few VPNs that supports P2P, that's peer-to-peer -peer file sharing. So this is a huge benefit for power users. Not only do you get the benefit of using any streaming service, you can also use it with any operating system. We're talking Windows, Mac OS, Android, Linux, iOS. Use different operating systems, not a problem. Have an Android phone and want to use it on your Mac, not a problem. And what's even better than that, you can have an unlimited amount of devices use it at the same time. That's right. And Carpooling has the best deal for you today on PIA, on getting a VPN, securing your data. For just $2.03 a month, you can start protecting yourself online and your family online. That's 83% off the sticker price for private internet access. So act now. You get that great price plus four months free and you really have nothing to lose because private internet access offers a free 30-day money-back guarantee as well as 24-7 support so you are definitely going to either be pleased with the product or not be out a single dime but i know that you're going to love it you're going to want to keep it private internet access has a great vpn Carpooling has a great deal for you. Support them. Support the show. Go to carlpooling.com slash PIA right now to take advantage of this great deal. Again, that's carlpooling.com slash PIA. Snag a VPN. Protect yourself online. Support them. Support the show. And we will really appreciate it. All right. Let's get back to the episode. So what do we have actually happening? Well, Christopher alluded to it earlier. Jordan Neely has a rap sheet and incidents with mental illness, you know, a mile long. He's got 50 outstanding uh, arrest warrants. I don't know exactly what the term there, is. There wasn't char he, had, he had like 50 previous charges. Yeah, 50 previous charges uh, with some containing violence. He's noted within the uh, – homelessness community as one of the top 50 people who need help he's been in mental health facilities and hasn't and has left and hasn't received the treatment he needs everybody knows the entire system knows about this guy they know he's dangerous they know he needs help and can anyone do anything for him absolutely not right the only thing that can happen is essentially a man has to take vigilante action right to to subdue him in a way that he doesn't hurt other people well 
how did we get there? What are the things that are broken in our society that no longer allow us to treat things like this? Um, one is one that's very obvious to us, and I don't think needs a whole lot of explanation, although I think it's good to bring up is, uh, well, why is a citizen taking care of this and not a cop? Right. Well, you know? that's that's the most basic level of analysis. You know, yeah, New exactly. York was starting to become one of the safest places to live when Rudy Giuliani started his policy of broken windows policing. Mm. It was we are going to arrest every single crime. We're going to we're going to make arrests no matter what, how small the crime is, because until people are instilled with a respect for the rule of law in general, we're not going to see a decrease in the more serious types of violent crime. And people don't want to gangbang in a place where you're going to get stuck up for skateboarding on on a park bench. You know what I'm saying? Like that's yes. not that's not where those people want to be. Right. And also there's a knock-on effect too that a lot of people don't discuss. Is that when you have a a society you know whatever neighborhood that you are in when you allow a crime let's say shoplifting Mm. when you when you let people shoplift and go look these people are desperate they they need these goods we're just going to let them in we're going to let them shoplift and we're not going to really prosecute that and we're not going to allow stores to to hire asset security and defend their assets. We're just going to have to, we're kind of just going to make people watch while these people take advantage of the system. Well, that causes prices in the area to go up because people who are willing to pay are going to bear the burden of the costs of those lost goods. Mm. Businesses are doing this analysis. And by the way, it's not greedy of them to do this analysis. No, it's, and I'll explain precisely why. In addition to that, businesses are going to close. Why am I going to willingly do business in Chicago where my employees are at risk, where my profit margins suck, where people don't have any money because there's other businesses leaving and there's no jobs for them to purchase my goods with, and I'm going to have an amazing amount of lost revenue due to shoplifting and property damage when I can go to Overland Park, Kansas, and make buckets load of money off of really wealthy people when uh, who aren't going to steal my stuff and break my store. This is an easy calculation to do, and people are doing the calculation. Uh, it just happened in Chicago a couple of weeks ago. There was like four Walmarts closing down in poorer parts of Chicago, and people are like, well, where are we going to get this food? And... The politicians are coming out and saying that this is racist. You're making a food desert. No, you're not. No, they're not. The people are making a food desert. Mm. And beyond that, it's not even a majority of the people. It's a microcosm of the people that make it unsuitable for businesses to operate in that locality so that the rest of the people, the majority of the people who would be happy paying a couple dollars for groceries, now don't get the option because the police will not arrest felons and criminals and this story is as clear as day when you look at it in the context of new york city Mm. they were becoming safer by the day businesses were thriving it was a great place to work and now slowly they are reverting back to their their 
murderous, crime-ridden ways because they have imbibed this notion that any type of any type of police activity is inherently racist. Mm. So they have drunk the woke Marxist Kool-Aid that you can't arrest any black people. And because of that, a a small percentage of black people ruin their own neighborhoods and burn down their own cities at the expense of every everyone else. It's mm. exactly what's happening in New York. And it's what ha- is happening with Eric Neely in part, right? Like, there's more issues at play here, but one of them is that... Jordan Neely. I'm sorry, Jordan Neely. Mm-hmm. The, but, but in part, that's what's happening here because there are there have were multiple 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 opportunities warning to incarcerate this man Mm -hmm. and we did not yeah we did nothing and what what happened what what caused that i mean it was george floyd a fat white woman on twitter well and george floyd but (laughs) but right but it was it was teammates friendly fire for sure (laughs) but it was george floyd right it was the fact that george the george floyd was killed in a racist incident we all saw it. We all believed it. We all went out and rioted. We all said we can't police this, that it's okay to do this. And that's caused... And I want to be clear. I didn't riot. What I did was looting, okay? Okay, my bad. My bad. My bad. My bad. And these Air Force Ones are fly as hell. <laughs> but, but, yeah, and that, that, caused, that caused the police to, to leave. You know, who wants to be the cop? When the one when the one day you have a bad day, when the one day you screw something up, when the one day you're trying to make a decision between your family having you come home or trying to defend yourself results in you being plastered across every screen in America. Right? Mm-hmm. And who wants to deal with that pressure? You know, you wanted to do this because you wanted to serve your community and now you're gonna be created into a villain? It it makes no sense. And you know, there's a whole and, and nest not of only issues that, there. but but your your own chain of command who's telling you to go out there and protect and serve is not going to have your back, right? Because they've they have drunk deeply of this woke this woke garbage. Say you do it all right, the DEA doesn't support you. They don't they don't they'll throw people out with no bond, right? Or with no yeah. bail, right? And so, in in what's the point? In Jordan Neely's case, he actually avoided jail time on it appears more than one occasion by committing himself to a mental institution and then just leaving. Yeah. <laughs> like, what kind of system is that? Are, are we all stupid? It, it's, well, the answer it, is yes. Yeah. It, it, it buggers belief. It strains the imagination that we could implement a strategy so stupid and say we're doing it for black people when it is primarily in New York, it's primarily black people that are being affected by the brunt of this crime. This is a great point to kind of take you back to our show last week and symbolism. And if you didn't make it through that show, this is going to be a little, this may not make a whole lot of sense, but I want to alert you to something that Christopher was saying. You know, when you start policing broken windows, you know, gangbangers don't hang out in that place anymore. When you turn the light on a clear. Oh, that we're talking about the old-fashioned ones, okay? Yeah. When you turn a light in a room, all the roaches scatter, right? When you define what is the outside and you separate it out by an action, that becomes the outside. That becomes the perimeter. That becomes where the witches lie, 
right? And you can do that in law. You can set those boundaries in law and say, this is where the villains live. We are going to build our city in such a way and everyone outside of that is the villain. Well, there's a really interesting theory that tries to say there is no narrative like that. That there is no grand experience of the human condition and that it wipes it all away. And it's where all this wokeism has come from. It's where these ideas have sprung out of. It's the my truth. It's the it's my truth is better than your truth. It's your language is a power game. It's an oppressive tool used by people who have won victories in the past to control history as it is now. And it's critical theory. Critical theory, critical race theory, all invaded law, all changed the way that things worked about around the 1970s and infiltrated our schools, infiltrated the best minds in our groups of people and their thinking and changed the way we thought about society and how society was supposed to work. It's not that George Floyd and specifically Jordan Neely are bad people. It's not that criminals are bad. It's that they're misunderstood by society. It's that society hasn't given them the right uh, ways to grow, the ways to interact with this world. And this is especially true even for mental health. And what we saw happen several years after the asylums were moved out is that the problem with people with mental health problems and schizophrenia and things like that, and I don't know Jordan Neely's specific mental health problems. All I know is that he checked himself into mental health facilities because he was stealing with men, dealing with mental health problems, were not the fault of the individual experiencing them. They were the fault of society not understanding and making room for them, mm -hmm. right? And it is because of this that we simply lack the ability to commit people to mental health facilities until they did something violent. And in Jordan Neely's case, that didn't matter because the police system failed as well. Yeah. Let me add a couple of points of color to that because we definitely need to go where you're, where you're driving the car here. Yep. One, one piece that I want to add is that definition that you mentioned where you can define the perimeter in law. I just want to be clear about one point. The perimeter is still defined in law. Mm -hmm. the, our problem now isn't that our laws need to change so very much. One of the huge problems we're facing right now is politically motivated uh, district attorneys and prosecutors that selectively prosecute crimes in their cities, thereby taking the law into their own hands. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily that we need to change a bunch of laws. We just need to enforce the law that is currently on the books. And it is very perverse to me that the district attorney is has become the legislature in criminal proceedings in many of these states. They have become judge, jury, and executioner with no teeth. Right? Right? They just they just let whatever happens happen, right? And it's 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 a it's a completely upsetting and it's a complete rejection of the will of the people. Yeah, I, I agree. I, it, it is a complete rejection of the will of the people. Um, the will of the people is supposed to be vetted by the legislature. And in, in times past, the judiciary was supposed to do nothing other than interpret that will of the people. Now, we, we have strayed so far from God's light, and his light is a incinerated ficus. The, the other thing I wanted to mention here, Hunter, mm. is that and and this is a bit of a this is a bit of a sticky sticky wicket um 
and I'm not going to go in and define all my terms necessarily, but critical theory is a wolf in sheep's clothing. Mm -hmm. It comes in and makes a claim that is entirely true, which is that there are multiple variables that affect any different analysis that you might do of a topic that can alter our perceptions of it and color it. This is 100% true. And then it makes the claim in praxis that we have to deny our own lying eyes when another factor rears its head. So this is obviously a murder. Oh, but the perpetrator is black. Well, now it's not so obvious that it's a murder. This is the second claim, the praxis claim of critical theory at all different levels of analysis, whether it's in law, art, etc ad nauseum and you might be hearing a rhyme or a rhythm with another philosophy around critical theory and it's postmodernism this is textbook deconstructionalism it's just deconstructionalism in a in a shiny branded university approved package mm. but it makes the same exact tacit claims as deconstructionalists and postmoderns, which is that there are infinite ways of viewing the world. And because of that, you can't preference any one way above another. E.g., you have to lie to yourself. Critical theory is the exact same thought process. There's infinite amount of variables that color your perception of an issue. And because of that, you cannot believe the truth of the facts on the ground. Mm. It, it, is, it is a a modern rebranding but it is the same damned spirit yeah and this is essentially the thought process the things that governed yale and harvard in the 1970s 1990s right early 2000s these are the things that developed and incubated the leaders of our society today right where the best and the brightest minds went to play, these were the thing. These were the theories that were guiding their thoughts, influencing their decisions, influencing the books they would write, influencing the narratives they would produce, influencing the law they would want to perpetuate. Why? Well, guess what society you're living in, right? It makes sense. The Harvard grads run the world. The Yale grads run the world. And now look at our world, right? It is inundated with this stuff. It bleeds down into all the lower levels of society. And this was the great idea. You know, there's this idea that it's the kids that are ruining the world. No, no, it's these ideas. It's the culture that is ruining the world. It's the thoughts and ideas that are being spread through our universities that pervade and tell us the truth in a way that's palatable to us that tells us we're the victim that speak to that american need to find victimhood and celebrate it for some strange reason we associate victimhood with underdogness and it's not that at all right and underdogness is is starting from nothing and deciding i can make myself into it victimhood is society has destroyed me and there's nothing i can become right there's a difference between those two narratives and myths that we tell ourselves and all of this is beautifully captured in Jonathan Rosen's book, The Best Minds, right? And the simple story is that a young man dealing with schizophrenia was put through Yale Law School, right? B 
because this is a true this is a true story. This is a one hundred percent to be clear. One hundred percent true true story was put through Yale Law School because Yale Law School wanted to save him. They wanted to say there's nothing wrong with a schizophrenic. It's society that has failed them. It's society that hasn't accommodated them. You probably heard something like this in the news recently with a lady in light of what Daniel Penny did uh, in light of Jordan Neely's death, said that she was hit on a subway by a mentally ill person and said that she decided to not do anything about it because the fact that her safety was the prime concern in that situation, it's, it's an exact echo of what these people did to Jonathan Rosen's friend Michael Lauder at Yale College, right? And what mm. was the result of that? It was the result of someone with an acute mental illness being left untreated by society to the point that they succumbed to that illness and committed a murder they would never be able to recover from. The murder of their own uh, fiancé and child. Yeah. Unborn child. And so what do we see here with Jordan Neely? We see the exact same thing. We see two institutions failing someone by these ideas, right? These ideas have affected the systems in which we live and operate within. They have made them toothless. They have removed any power, any will of the people, any connection to reality. They have destroyed the boundaries of our lives. They have made us all confused, all twisted, all what is mental illness? What does it mean to be ill? What does it mean to have power? And have removed those from our lives and left us with an inability to defend ourselves. And this is the primary point with an inability to be compassionate. It is wrong to let people who cannot take care of themselves sleep on the street. And if you have to restrain them in order to put them into a good bed and feed them a good meal to help them recover, you have to do that. It's a moral imperative. And we have tricked ourselves into thinking that it's right, decent, and good to let those people live outside. It's insanity. It's insanity. And we've done that because we've seen things that we've done wrong in the past, and we took the baby and we threw them out with the bathwater, right? And it's insane. And if we continue... I think that the institutions never did anything wrong. Lobotomies. <laughs> uh, listen, they did that except for what they did to Leonardo DiCaprio. That guy thought he was a federal agent. That's not fair. <laughs> That's good, but but yeah, and I mean it's it, it's it's insane, it's insane to to look and to distort reality to the point where it's like someone who hears angels telling them to murder their family because they're stuffed up dolls doesn't need special attention and care. It's insane to think that. And that's the society we live in today. We need to commit people who believe that that we don't need to reform. And, and this is this is what it's all about. It's involuntary commitment. It is. We, use, we used to have it in this country. Mm-hmm. We used to have a culture that involuntarily committed the crazies. And it was a much better society. In fact, I've got two graphs pulled up in front of me right now. One I, I is... I want to say one thing to that. It oh. wasn't even a cruel society. Right? No. It was no, a caring no. society. Were there cruel people working at specific institutions? Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Do you want a medal? Of course there was. And you could point to a horror story, and that's just fine. But here's a horror story that's playing out on the streets of America mm. every single night of the year. You don't have to go to some archaic, well, I heard one time in 1954 there was a, you don't have to go to to 
myth. And and now our technology is so much better. People people think that you know asylums are are black boxes where people go in and never get let let out. Nothing could be further from the truth. Right. And and furthermore, that's how a ton of the world operated back in the day before we became infantilized video camera obsessed sycophants mm. that had to ensure our safety at all points in time every room was a black box and there was no way to prove what happened in in those areas mm. it, it's just it's total ahistorical conjecture to think that we wouldn't have one better protections for the institutionalized now or two that there's something mystically evil about the institutions of yore that wouldn't that wouldn't apply to millions of other locales mm. from yesteryear it's just it's completely ignorant let me read you the statistic in 1955 there was a, a peak of institutionalized individuals in america now remember that this isn't normalized to the population these are raw numbers but in 1955 there was about 550,000 institutionalized individuals in america today there are less than a hundred thousand in that time the population has increased dramatically so as a percentage of the population we are uh, we are basically have a tenth or fewer institutionalized people as compared to the percentage in the 19 in 1955 another graph for you that I would like to explain in the past in the past 35 years in New York City alone and this is only going back to 1980 because before that some of these statistics get a little bit shaky the number of people who spend the night on the street in New York City except for a small dip in the late 90s and early 2000s which you go ahead and look up the mayors of new york and line that up on a graph has more than tripled since 1980 mm. more than tripled and that's a trend that best projections can say was continuing since the 1950s mm. so you have these i know correlation isn't causation you read it logician but you have these two very explanatory phenomena happening simultaneously mm. where we take people who cannot take care of themselves and because we are some paragon of moral virtue, we decide it's good for them to sleep on the street. And then you have rampant rises in homelessness and crime in major American cities. You know what's so funny about that, Christopher, is because you, know, you, you call them homeless and there's somebody you know, just screeching there right now, you know, says they're experiencing homelessness. And it shows you precisely how little that person actually cares. But they they are more concerned with policing the language than they are with assisting these people. Exactly. And you, you said it best, Hunter. It is not a caring, generous society that tells these people they can be free. Mm-hmm. To be their authentic self. Yep. It's a, it is a hateful society that does that. Now, I know, just like on all of these issues, there is a percentage of the population that truly thinks what they're doing is 
genuine, and moral. And those people are the ones I like to call useful idiots and fools. Mm. However, there is a large constituent of people that know precisely the effects of policies like this. And rather than improve the the conditions and state Mm -hmm. of madmen that deserve to be involuntarily committed, they would rather load them into cannons and fire them at their enemies when they think it can score them political points. And that is precisely what is happening. The reason that Jordan Neely was still on the street is because there are people on this planet and especially in our political system that are desperate for more George Floyds. And they get a big wicked grin when black people die because that's more dry powder for them to shoot at the ideological enemies and the useful idiots. This takes you right back to the beginning of the conversation, right? Why are we why are we having this conversation? Right? It's because parties in power, media in power knows what this buys. Right? And so they're willing to stand on the graves of Jordan Neely. They're willing to stand on the graves of the people that are dying in freezing temperatures on the street tonight, right? To say that it's wrong, it's bigoted, it's evil to not let these people live this lifestyle, right? They have a right to this. Or even just to ignore just to ignore Jordan Neely's past so that you can cry racist. Yeah, exactly. I mean that that's that they love that. It's that's what Al Sharpton does. Al Sharpton is the happiest person on planet Earth that let, Jordan Neely is dead today. Well, let me just make one point. But why? Why why does it work? It's because the people Because we let women vote. No, because the people okay, that no. they are talking to are not wise. They have not thought about what this means right they have not learned what this means they have not contemplated the end of these goals right and because of that because that lack of wisdom because that lack of understanding of truth and beauty and all of that they cannot imagine the compassion where compassion would truly lie and where compassion would truly live they block it off They tell themselves the moral strictures, they write them on their arms, they put them on the internet, and they say, look at how just and good I am. And if that wasn't the case, if that wasn't where people were at, and people understood the issues, and they acted with wisdom, and with justice and goodness in their hearts, this wouldn't be effective. People would say, stop telling me this lie and fix this person's life. Stop taking my tax dollars and spending it on diversity committees and make sure the people who are dying on the streets have a home or have a place to sleep, have a cot, get the medicine they need. But until you decide to be serious and until you decide to grow up and until you decide to be wise, you'll be blind. Did we not say the same thing? Huh? (laughs) oh Oh, wow you were sitting on that one man you were just i knew i had fine wine there and i just had to let it age (laughs) yeah you did and honestly well done 
that, that's a Napoleon uh, <laughs> 1957. I don't know anything about wine. Um, and it shows. <laughs> you just Did you just say the first French name you could think of? And yep. also, is Napoleon the first French name you think of? Cause that, and yes. That is just classic. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I, I think you're exactly right, Hunter. Um, it, there, there, it is... It is frustrating that we live in a wisdom illiterate culture that makes snake oil salesmen crying racism at what is clearly a mental health problem profitable. Mm, Exactly. Exactly. It's frustrating. Yep. Yep. And so if you agree, tell the truth all the time. That's the, there probably is no cure, but if there is one, it will be telling the truth. Mm. Uh, to as many people as will listen whenever you have the opportunity, no matter what it costs you. So that's that. And I would much rather people think that I'm racist because we need to commit, involuntarily commit schizophrenic and violent black men to institutions where they can get the help that they need rather than allow more Jordan Neelys to die needlessly after shivering on the street for their entire life and i'll tell you i'll tell you this too the other cost of this because it it hurts everyone and there's really not one that i care about more than the other is is daniel Mm -hmm. penny yep exactly an innocent bystander and in a certain analysis a hero because it in the moment it doesn't matter what the other person is going through if he's a threat to himself and others it doesn't matter when you're when you're at that situation. It's too late to take corrective compassion. Mm. You have to eliminate the threat, and uh, this uh, the chances that Daniel gets a fair trial, in my opinion, are close to none. It, just like Derek Chauvin, I mean George Floyd had a horse lethal dose of fentanyl in his bloodstream. And no damage to his trachea, and they ruled that it was a, it was, a, a homicide by choking. I I just don't, I don't see him walking away from this one. I guess I just don't trust in the American legal system to rightly divide the truth anymore. But, but that that is what it, it just is. Just depends so, on what state you're in, right? And well, the issue in question. Sometimes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, it's a, it's a tragic, it's a tragic thing. But it will not change if we don't start actually attempting solutions and at a minimum enforce the law and at a maximum let's have some compassion for these people. And it's something that I've said before and I'll keep saying it again. It does not matter how deeply you feel for someone who is injured if you cannot fix the injury. If you're not a doctor... I don't care how much you want to help somebody's broken leg. But you cannot help. You haven't prepared yourself to help. You haven't trained yourself to help. And you're not equipped to help. So what would be better is to get out of the way and let somebody who cares less but knows more into the fray. And, and that's exactly where we find ourselves now with the issues of, of mental illness and, and homelessness. And, and this is gun. This is the majority of gun crime as well. So 
we're just going to we're going to keep spinning this record as long as we continue to pay off charlatans for kicking cans down the road and using us as useful idiots. You know, Chris, I would agree with you, except for the fact that I met a squirrel today that wanted to become a flying squirrel, and I have to say, I was completely successful. Um, there was a lot of sp- <laughs> <laughs> there were a lot of sparks when he landed, and I just assumed that was his joy. Uh, Listen, yeah, you you gotta love you gotta love a story that ends with justice. Any any rodent that that causes me to live without air conditioning for <laughs> i don't know 20 minutes execute them execute them at dawn well i mean like if it's 20 minutes isn't that like a i don't know most of that rodent's life like yeah uh, yeah well most of what's left at least <laughs> exactly yeah man uh hundred hundred uh i love your preparation for this episode thanks for having that discussion with me hey, that was too. a very useful practical one uh I just want to. I just want to say that carpooling has, uh, with you know, Lord willing, in the creek don't rise. Our biggest episode of all time next week. So if you're not subscribed, get subscribed. Tell your friends. We've got big things coming. Remember our merch store is now online. That's carpooling.com/store. Go there, support the show, pick you up some cool swag. We're going to have more items available in the coming weeks and it, even in the coming days. So check that out. Make sure to to pick you up something. Help support the show. Uh, remember our sponsors. We've got affiliate links on the website. You can check those out. And anytime you use one of our affiliate links to sign up for a service, that directly helps support the show. And, yeah, that's it. So just to be clear – if if you are a human or a squirrel and Mephistopheles has appeared to you in a vision and he tells you that there's a microchip inside your brain that's telling you that you should urinate on the spicy rail at the New York City subway station train track, you probably want to find a lithium battery and at least start there, ingest it, and then go get yourself tested.